Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Nice World Podcast. We have an outstanding guest on the show today. His name is Neilan. He is one of the biggest Amazon FBA coaches in the UK. Everyone, I want you to say hello to the one and only Neilan. Hi everyone. Thanks <laughs> for having me today, Nai. That's good, man. I'm really happy to have you on. I've been chasing for quite a while to get you on here. I'll let you know. Yeah. That. Sorry about that. Good to see you, man. Obviously, I really just want to deep dive into obviously your career and obviously <coughs> how you got to where you are right now. Because you was actually recommended to me. Yeah. I lie. Didn't really know who you was. And then someone told me about this person, obviously what they'd done with their business. And I was like, I need to get him on the show. I need to speak to him. Yeah. But definitely let's just deep dive into obviously what you do. So what are you currently? Are you like an Amazon FBA coach right now? So I am an Amazon FBA coach, but I'm also selling on Amazon myself as well. Oh. So in the past, actually in 2017, I started my own brand of products called Proxynova. And from 2017 to 2022, I grew that brand to seven figures and sold seven. it last year. Seven figures? Yeah. Yeah. And the main reason for doing that was, um, you know, in the beginning when I first started it, um, I actually had no idea what I was going to be doing with it. So the initial reason for starting it was just to escape the situation that I was in. Mm -hmm. So I was working for minimum wage at a warehouse. Ooh. And, uh, you know, the only real way that I saw out of that was to start my own business. Yeah. So at the time, starting your own online store and e-commerce was a very new thing and quite yeah. an unheard of thing uh, in 2016, 2017. So, um, you know, I was exploring different options around e-commerce. Yeah. Um, I tried things like, you know, drop shipping, arbitrage, wholesale. But what I found stuck best for me was selling products on my own brand. Yeah. So I started my own brand of products called Proxynova. Um, I experimented a lot. And that's when I eventually found myself selling motion sensor security lights. So Security lights? Yeah. It was Why really, really random. Why specifically like security lights though? Because that's pretty niche. Yeah. Like I know yeah. a lot of people who try to sell on Amazon and they <coughs> don't really know what to sell. So they might sell loads of random things, but security lights, what was the hidden reason for that? Like, did you specialize in security or what was it? To be honest, I didn't really know anything much about security lights or, you know, specifically anything about security. But for me, it was simply that I tested a lot of random things. Yeah. So, you know, when I first ever started, I tried out things like smartphone accessories, um, Bluetooth receivers. <laughs> I tried yoga that. mats, water bottles, you know, stop me if I, you know, say anything that you've ever tried, because there'll be loads of things that everyone's tried. Right. But I came across flashlights and yeah. that worked quite well for me. So I just sort of slowly kept removing what wasn't working and focused mm -hmm. a bit more on what was working. So from flashlights, I moved to other different types of lights and, you know, between all the different types of lighting products that I was offering, it seemed like motion sensor security lights were doing far better than everything else. Yeah. So, you know, slowly, slowly, the focus shifted more towards that and less towards everything else. Okay. With obviously having all these different types of products you were selling, what was the biggest challenge for you, you would say, you really came across with your whole Amazon FBA career? <clears throat> so for me, the first challenge always was uh, product research. I think yeah. that's for most people. Um, knowing what to sell is always the hardest thing because True. if you don't know what to sell, then everything else is almost irrelevant, right? Mm -hmm. If you've got a great logo, great branding, great marketing, that is all well and good. But if the product that you sell is not in demand, then that's all useless. So the first thing was definitely product research. Yeah. Um, the second thing would definitely be um, IP. IP. So intellectual yes. property. 
Mm-hmm. Now, uh, a lot of people are stung by that. Yeah. Um, you know, things like trademarks, design rights, patents, uh, that's very easy to get stung by. Have you ever um, been stung by it though? That's the question. I have, I have. Ooh, what, so what happened with that? That's actually how I learned to use IP actually is from what happened to me. So when I first started um, getting into IP, it was actually after someone filed a design rights violation against me for something that I was selling. And I, th- I just couldn't get around it at the yeah. time. And I thought, well, okay, how do I stop this? Mm-hmm. And um, I realized the only way to actually stop this was to have my own design rights. Yeah. Not only would that stop that from happening to me, but it meant that, you know, instead of, you know, being on the receiving end, as bad as it sounds, I could be on the uh, giving end, you know, because in this situation, you have only two choices, either be the sheep or be the wolf. Right. So in that in that situation, you have to make the choice one or the other. So I had to choose to be the wolf in that situation. So I have to get the IP and make sure that. I sort of create my own monopoly around the ideas that, that I'm selling. A lot of people, obviously, when I know when <coughs> they start selling Amazon, they tend to sell, like they go like down, down the retail arbitrage route or they mm-hmm. do like liquidating companies. But um, I really like the fact how you really built your own brand and you really expanded it. So with the expansion of the brand, like what did you do? Like what was the next step for it? Because I know you actually, you sold your company, didn't you? Yeah, I, I sold the business uh, rather than the company. Oh, okay. But um, it's, it's, it's a very small difference, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I. I sold all of the assets of the, the business, yeah. Um, with this, this is a bit different because I've actually seen the Americans do this. Like they like to sell yeah. their Amazon FBA stores. Yeah. How did you actually get into this? Like how did you find and actually find the opportunity to actually sell your business? So at the time I was looking into selling it, um, the business was growing quite quickly. Yeah. And it got to a point where it was now simply too much for one guy to manage. Yeah. Um, you know, VAs and the options that were out there, are, I just struggled to trust people in yeah. terms of can you <laughs> deliver what I need to deliver? Because yeah. if I then trust you to deliver it and then I go away thinking that it's being delivered and then I come back and none of it's been done, that's like, you know, that's that's going to affect me badly. Yeah. So um, it was really difficult to trust outsourcing things. And at the time, it made more sense as, you know, the way my life was going, made more sense to actually sell that brand so that, you know, not all of my wealth was locked up. You know, 100% of my wealth was not locked up in one thing. Yeah. I mean, I could diversify things a bit more. I mean, I could take the funds from the sale of that company and uh, put them into things like rental property and start Mm. other brands as well. Is that what you actually did? You went into the rental property? Yeah. So that was the idea for um, all along when I was going to sell that brand was to go into rental property. Okay. So would you say Amazon FBA was more of a stepping stone for yourself? So your long term vision was always to be involved in rental property but you wanted to build the capital through Amazon FBA at first. Yeah, definitely. But how, with Amazon FBA, I know a lot of people, they don't really think you can really make the numbers that people see online. Like, as you know, on TikTok, you see people making a million pound per month on Amazon. Is it real? It is real. You definitely can. But what I think is uh, definitely miscommunicated is that it's a a get-rich-quick scheme. Okay, um, okay. I think there's a lot of information out there that suggests it's a get-rich-quick scheme. Yeah. Which it definitely isn't. Um, a lot of people, after a few months, even you know six months a year, will give up. Mm-hmm. You do have to persevere through that first six months, year, two years even, where you're thinking, I'm working hard, I'm not really seeing results. You have to keep pushing through because it does take time. 
I think but, it's business um, in general, though. Like, yeah, business in is. general, I know it's always a long-term thing because you do come across the people who get <coughs> deflated very yeah. quickly. Like, they see after two months they're not really producing numbers. They're like, oh, my gosh, my business has failed. But to be honest, a lot of businesses do fail. They do, yeah. Obviously, with you and what I like with you, like, you've built it, you've obviously sold it on, and you've invested it into something else. So with what you're investing into now, what's your main focus right now, what you're concentrating on? Is it really um, property, or are you fluctuating between the two? Uh, it's definitely on e-commerce. Okay. So the long-term idea of property is more um, to build a future um, yeah. for financial freedom. So it means that in the future, I won't necessarily have to work so hard. It gives you, um, you know, uh, a backup income, so yeah. to speak, if anything were to happen. But it takes the pressure off everything else in your life. Yes. So that's definitely why I got into property. But I'd never get out of e-commerce either. So um, with everything that I've learned over the last like seven years, mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily need to stay in e-commerce, but why would I throw away all of that experience and expertise yeah. when I can continue to use it and continue to use that to build stores which can continue to feed my property company or you know, continue to use those skills to teach other people how to level up their lives as well. You see what he just said there, people? That is deep, okay? This is yeah. what you call a person with a vision. You've gone from one and now he's on stage five. And this is what I really like about this individual. Like, he keeps on growing. Like, if you look at all of his socials, it's phenomenal. Like, his business structure, how he organizes everything, it's just excellent. But um, we have to get back into this one, most definitely. I know um, when you started at the <coughs> beginning, what was you actually doing before, like, Amazon FBA? Like, what was your thing you was really concentrating on before you got into the world of e-commerce? So long before e-commerce and how I actually got into it, I was um, in university for about a term before mm-hmm. I dropped out. So I had the amazing combination of a student loan debt, <laughs> but no degree. <laughs> so, um, you know, I had I had a, a big bit of ground to make up. Yeah. Um, I tried a lot of different things. I tried to be a personal trainer. Um, I tried different kinds of jobs, but nothing worked out, to be honest. And I ended up working for minimum wage at a warehouse. Really? So um, when I was working there, I was sort of, I'd hit rock bottom, more or less. So from there onwards, I saw that either I can stay in this position forever Mm -hmm. and almost sort of, you know, stay here till I die, or I can make sure that I create an alternative route for myself. Yeah. So the only way I could really do that, as I say, was to start a business. And at the time, e-commerce, selling on Amazon and eBay, those were very new up and coming businesses. So I looked into doing that. I dabbled with it. Some, some things worked, some things didn't. But eventually I figured out what did work. Yeah. And I just stuck with it. Um, for me, I think one of the reasons why I was successful with e-commerce was simply because I had a lot of pain to escape from, okay. right? One thing I realized with a lot of people who don't do well with e-commerce is because they've already got, say, a good job or, you know, there's nothing that's forcing them to keep moving forward. Yeah. You know, there's not a sharp stick in their back poking them to, to keep pushing forward. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me, I think the biggest reason that I was able to succeed was not because I'm super smart or super special. It's literally because my back was against a corner. So but what, I had what to was make the reason it work. For your back to be against it, like what was what was you going against? Like was it <coughs> to do with like mental health? Like what was the issues you was facing? So for me it was the fact that um, I had really bad mental health issues, which is what made me drop out of university in the first place. Oh wow. Okay. And it meant it was very hard for me to find any good, decent work. Yeah. And 
then when you're in a low income job, you know, lots of hours for very little money, that makes your mental health even worse. Do you know what? That is true. Because <coughs> um, we know a lot of people nowadays are struggling with mental health. Um, jobs are really underpaid as well. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are really looking for like side hustles and what to do. Like, I want to highlight one thing there you said you did. You said before you tried to be a personal trainer, you were doing multiple things. Do you think doing multiple things really distracts you from becoming like an expert in one thing? Because it sounds like once you left doing the personal trainer idea, the idea of doing this, doing that, you focus on e-commerce and then all of a sudden your business grew. Would you yeah. say it's better just to concentrate on one thing instead of dibble and dabbling in different markets? Yes and no, actually, because you have no idea what actually works for you until you try it. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't have known that personal training wasn't for me until I tried it. Because at the time when I tried it, I was a gym rat and I thought that was okay. you know, something that the gym I body. could do. Yeah, really. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean... Um, it, it didn't work out for me. Yeah. So I couldn't have known that until I tried it. So trying different things, sure, is definitely important. But I think um, you have to know when is the time to call it quits and when is the time to keep persevering. Mm -hmm. And that I think only you can know in that situation. Yeah. Now, um, it's a weird one because having known those skills, could I go back to personal training and become a successful personal trainer? Yes, I could. Even though I look nowhere near as good as I used to when I was a personal <laughs> trainer, I've got all of the skills now to actually capitalize on that. Yeah. Rather than um, before I might have had, you know, the skills to, to you know, exercise really well or, or you know, I might have had the, the great gym experience and yeah. what I needed then, but, you know, I didn't have the skills to actually turn it into an income mm -hmm. very well. I know a lot of people obviously <coughs> are trying out to do loads of different things, but I think when you really do explore the world of e-commerce, it really does build a path for you because again, e-commerce is not just like you make one income doing one thing. Yeah. Because right now you're a coach as well. Like you, what do you do? Do you teach your clients or do you show them how to create stores? What do you actually do with that? So with clients, I teach individuals how to generate income from a point of zero experience. Okay. By launching their own brand of products on Amazon and eBay. Yeah. even if they have no idea what to sell yet. Oh, okay, cool. So with that, when it comes to that now, are you, is it more like a one-to-one -one basis, like <coughs> how you do this? Yeah, very much a one-to-one -one basis because, you know, there are lots of coaches out there who have hundreds or even, even thousands of students. But how much can you really be focusing on a client or a student if you've got hundreds or thousands of them? You don't even know what they look like or what their names are. So for me, I prefer to work at a far greater intensity with fewer people okay then so when it comes to things like now obviously the actual money you generated from the actual business now what is your next business idea for 2024 are you looking to invest into anything else or are you looking just to continue the e-commerce journey so for 2024 it's definitely to expand into more products um, for the current stores that i've already got running but if the ideas do come across me, definitely start more stores as well. Start more stores. And always building the property portfolio because um, that is always the most important thing in the background. For new starters, people who want to get into Amazon FBA, how much would you say you actually need to start this type of business? So for something like private label, I'd say you only need about three to five K. Yeah. And, you know, if you work conservatively, you don't actually need to have that in hand as soon as you start. Because when you're doing things like, um, you know, setting up your Amazon seller accounts, setting up your eBay accounts, setting up Shopify accounts, doing product research, that doesn't cost very much money. Yeah. So you don't need to have all of that budget, you know, saved up straight away. You only really need that budget once you've done some testing and you've found what product works for you. So you need it 
fairly far down the line, further down the line than most people think you need it. Okay, then. So when it comes to the actual capital you need, you don't need to have like 10, 20,000 to actually start Not this at all, no. No. No in there. But as small as 3,000, really? Yeah. Yeah, you really can make it work Very good that. people. Honestly, a lot of people want to start things like dropshipping, Shopify. You don't need to have huge capital to start a business. Again, you can make a lot of capital from it if you really do invest and you find them winning products because I know you are going to come across them awful products. Have you ever like had products where you failed with before? Definitely. Definitely. Jeez, them ones. What was your worst product which you actually launched, you would say? My worst product was an iPhone charging cable. What that was hell? that was a horrible story. <laughs> What's so the story of that one? It was actually one of my first product launches, and that's actually how I learned not to launch launch a product. And that's actually how I learned to launch a product, weirdly enough. Mm-hmm. So I took almost all of my capital and went and bought out several thousands, several thousand iPhone charging cables. Mm-hmm. Right? So once those several thousand iPhone charging cables came in, there were some pretty big, glaringly obvious problems. So about 40% of those cables didn't even work. Yeah. Um, I was hoping to sell something like 30 to 50 a day. I was selling more like three to five a week. Three to five a week? I was hoping to sell them for something like 6 99 each. I was selling them for more like 2 99 each. Um, because there was so much competition to begin with, it seemed like competition was doubling almost every day. Yeah. So I ended up with tons and tons of dead stock. Um, in fact, I still have those iPhone cables in my storage to this day. Um, I mean, they're junk. I don't really want to sell them because the returns are more hassle than anything else. But um, yeah, that was the biggest product mistake I've ever made. I know you obviously you're trying to sell this product. What was the profit margins of these type of products as well? Was it very big or was it like very small for these type of products? So for small value products, your profit margins are always going to be quite small. Yeah. And that is a problem with those kind of products because your profit margins are so small in their actual volume. Um, it means it's very difficult to create volumes of product, volumes of profit with them. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, if you're selling a five pound product and you're only making 20% margin on that, you're only making one pound per unit. Mm-hmm. So how many units do you have to sell before you can even pay for your morning cup of coffee? Right. Whereas if you're selling a 15 pound product, even at still only a 20% margin, you're making three pounds per unit. Yeah. You know, so your volumes are going to start to add up far quicker. So it sounds like it's more like a volume thing. So you can't really just sell one product and your profit margin, you'll say, is like around £2 because you don't really see the return of it. So yeah. you selling large volumes for it. Yeah, definitely. With your sourcing of your products, do you always get them from overseas or are you getting them from the UK like when you first started? So for private label, it's always been overseas. Um, I've rarely known private label to work from sourcing locally. I mean, it can, definitely yeah. can if you've got the right supplier. But for the most part, it will be from China. China okay yeah. is that always the country you always go to so far I mean sometimes you do get things made in India and Pakistan but it will mostly be China mm, okay China these countries because again a lot of people who do Amazon FBA they don't really know where <coughs> to find these products so a lot yeah. of people look in England but obviously the price you're paying in England is not the same compared to China or Pakistan or even depending on the materials of products because I remember when I launched one of my worst products it was a leg chair protector Mm-hmm. And I found it in the UK. And then um, after selling it for like about a year, I sourced it obviously in China and I could get it for a fraction of the price. So I was absolutely gobsmacked. But how do you actually find your suppliers as well? So that is unfortunately something that you just can't rush. Okay. And it's something that takes actually, I think, often even longer than product research, but it is equally as important. So finding those suppliers is mainly done through Alibaba. So you've mm-hmm. just got to browse. 
Yeah. And, you know, when you're browsing, you use keywords, um, you know, typically that you've seen used for similar types of products on Amazon and eBay and similar types of things that you've seen elsewhere on Alibaba as well. Yeah. And when you contact suppliers as well, quite often, once you've sent them a message, um, when you click the send message button on Alibaba, there'll be a box that pops up with quite a lot of interesting similar products that is a great place to browse through. And, you know, after that browsing, Alibaba will sort of, um, you know, pick up what you're looking for mm-hmm. and they'll start emailing you suggestions as well. So always keep an eye out for all of those sorts of um, suggestions and, you know, keep browsing and almost always you'll find what you're looking for. Okay. Do you use any type of software for your product research as well? Or do you just purely just use Alibaba? <clears throat> so I do use software, definitely. So I use software to help confirm the numbers and make sure that there's a demand for products. Um, I also use software for things like um, keyword research. Yeah. But mainly, actually, it's a bit of common sense and manual research that we use for, for product research in the first place. Yeah. Because the problem with using just um, softwares is that millions and millions of other people are using the same softwares and the same tools. Yeah. So you're looking at the same data as millions of other people. So what are the chances of you coming out with something unique when you're looking at the exact same thing as so many other people? That's the thing. What's the actual main software <coughs> you use as well for when it comes to Amazon FBA? So for me, um, Helium 10 is a favorite and Jungle Scout. Those two are uh, the favorites that I use. But um, mainly when you're looking for products on Amazon, you need to start setting criteria. Yeah. So as I say, you need to look for things that aren't so simple that everybody thought of them. So just like my biggest mistake, those iPhone charging cables, (laughs) smartphone um, cases, yoga mats, water bottles, Read diffusers, the sorts of things everybody thinks of. You're going to think further outside the box than that. Uh, The second thing would be um, something that's not so complicated. It's going to have a high margin for error and likely to be returned. So things like speakers, headphones, cameras, things like that. You're talking about the electronics. Yeah. The electronics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Again, I do have history when it comes to the returns for electronics. Yeah. Again, I'm not going to lie. Even when I order electronics from (coughs) Amazon, I always end up returning them. So I can just imagine what the actual seller is thinking. Because them type of products, I would really say is avoid. Yeah. I say keep it simple and subtle. Definitely. I mean, simple electronics. Nothing too complicated. Something, you know, battery powered. Like, you know, exactly like a flashlight. That's totally fine. Yeah. But as soon as we start talking about things like quite often when it's got rechargeable batteries, then things get a bit more complicated. Or if it plugs into the mains, then things get a bit more complicated. It's a bit a little different. All right, I understand that most definitely. But let me ask you a question now. <coughs> For people who are interested in getting involved in e-commerce and Amazon FBA, what advice would you give to them? Because I know a lot of people are very hesitant about getting into these type of um, industries and they don't really know what to do. What advice would you give them? Because you have the sort of experience of obviously where your back's against the wall and you need to take on a challenge, what advice would you give them? I would say definitely persevere. Yeah. So persevere with whatever you are looking to pursue. So even if that's not e-commerce, you know, be that video editing or, um, you know, any other any other kind of, kind of business that you're looking to pursue, you've got to persevere because you're going to have problems, you're going to have knockbacks. And for a while, it's going to seem like you're going to fail. Yeah. with any kind of business so you have to persevere that's the first thing the second thing would be um, get rid of your ego so you have to be willing to learn as much as you possibly can 
you can't think, oh, I, I know everything. I'm so good at my business. I know everything. I can't learn anything from anyone. Yeah. No matter how good you are, you can actually learn something from someone less experienced than you. That's true. So, That's you know, true. once you put your ego aside, you can learn that, you know, something um, really small can actually be learned from someone who has way less experience than you. Would you say, if you are looking to get into this type of industry, it's always good to seek someone who's almost like a mentor, you <coughs> would say? Yeah, definitely. Mentorship helps a lot because it helps reduce the amount of money, time, effort, and stress involved yeah. in the process. You might think, uh, you know, paying for a mentor, how is that going to save me money? But people who use mentors actually always tend to end up using less cash during the process mm -hmm. simply because they can avoid a lot of errors and places where they waste money. Yeah, I think that's very true, obviously, because if you're looking to get into a new industry, it's always good to have someone beside you who's already done it and has the experience. Because if they don't have the experience and you're just doing it by yourself, you're going to make loads of mistakes. Yeah. Like I remember when I first started on my career with this, it, it was hard because I tried to do it as a lone wolf and a lot of things I failed on what I could have just seeked a mentor who could have showed me the ropes to make me understand things a lot quicker. So I understand where you're coming from, from that prospect. Like most definitely that is the best way to be. But um, when it comes to this now, with Amazon FBA, I know you sold your previous business. Are you looking to launch any new products or anything like that? So yeah, I'd definitely be looking to keep growing my current e-commerce stores mm -hmm. with the same view. Because now that I've done it once, it means the second time that I'm gonna do it, just like when I'm coaching people to do things. Yeah. You know, I can do it this time around far quicker, easier, cheaper, and less stressful than it was the first time around. So why not do it again? Because um, now I know exactly what to do. I don't have to take any wrong turns. There's no trial and error involved. Yeah, definitely. I, I like the sound <coughs> of that, obviously. I know you've made your trial and error of all these products you've had before, but now obviously you want to expand into something else. But one thing I want to touch back onto is obviously you're investing in properties. Yeah. Where are you specifically looking to invest in your property market? Are you looking to be up north? Where are you thinking? So at the moment, um, Leeds and Sheffield. Leeds and mm. Sheffield, those are the, the places that I've selected. Why specifically then? So that's mainly because <coughs> those are areas which within the UK have quite high populations. Yeah. But when you go to those areas, you notice they're quite run down which yeah. means they're very much in line for development over the coming years. So it means you can pick up you know, quite cheap property, but they're in demand there because population's quite high there. People are likely to, to need to live there. Okay. And it means that as the rest of the area becomes more developed and the population increases in general, yeah. you know, demand for certain properties within you know, places like Leeds and Sheffield is gonna rise. Are you doing like a buy-to-let sort of thing? Yeah, buy-to-let, buy-to-let. Oh, okay, so currently how many do you have right now? Two properties? Yeah. Oh, wow. So what, do you have tenants living in there? Um, yeah, so we've got uh, tenants living in there. And um, yeah, that's just a simple buy-to-let method. Quite uh, simple. There's not, not a lot of stress. Yeah, because I'm seeing a lot of people obviously speak about obviously investing into like real estate, creating like a real portfolio. And they do, they make it sound very simple. Yeah. In this type of market, how how is it compared to the e-commerce market? Like the actual property industry, is it hard? Is it like easy to get into? Do you have to have a lot of capital to get into it or what? So everything's hard. Yeah. Right? Like there's no such thing as easy money. Um, property would require more capital definitely than e-commerce, which mm -hmm. is why e-commerce is a great vehicle to use to build up that capital yeah. to feed that um, property machine. How would you actually say Amazon FBA has changed your life? We know it's done it financially, but what else has it done for you? 
more than anything, time. Time. So it means that I've got freedom of time. And it means that I've also been unplugged from, you know, the matrix, so to, so to speak. The in terms matrix. of I'm not having to go to work for a living. Mm-hmm. And that makes a huge difference. So, you know, for example, when um, my granddad was visiting and he, he stayed at my house for a little while, mm-hmm. it meant that I didn't have to go to work every day. It meant I could actually spend the time at home, the limited time that I had with my granddad for that time, um, rather than, you know, be forced having to go to work. Um, so time is the, the biggest uh, bit of freedom that you get. Yeah. You know, it means I can travel whenever I want. I don't have to ask for l- annual leave. Um, if I get sick, I don't have to worry about someone forcing me back to work. Um, those are the biggest things that have made the difference. You know what? When you highlight timing, I have to agree with you on that one. Because most definitely, like, when you're involved in um, employment, like you know you're already in that standard nine to five or whatever, eight till six sort of lifestyle. But obviously, when you have your own business, you are kind of on your own timing. But I know you have to work extra hard. So that's the thing. I don't really want to paint the image to the world that once you're a business owner, you can just sleep all day. and Because <laughs> yeah. we know you cannot do that. You definitely cannot do that. I know. But um, it's a lot of time saving is involved as well. What else would you say? Would you say it's changed you as a man? Would you believe like being a business owner is kind of built character? Because I can understand you've been through a lot. Yeah, definitely. Um, it taught me that actually, if you can genuinely believe something within your mind, yeah. you can manifest it into reality. That is one thing that it really did teach me because I always used to think that, you know, you can think something, sure, uh, but you can keep working at it and it might not work out. But if you really do believe it in your mind, you will always find a way to make something work out. And it sounds yeah. crazy, but it, it really is true. That sounds like a man with a solution because, you know, you have the type of people, obviously, when they come up with an issue, they moan about it and they can't really find a solution. But I think having your own business, you have to find a solution. Otherwise, it will fail. But um, I really like that type of mindset. Where's this mindset come from? Because I know you've not had it all the time. Like This seems like a real resilient, focused type of individual. Where's it really come from? It really has come from just having to persevere through Proxinova. Through the growth of Proxinova, there were loads and loads and loads of setbacks and failures. You know, I'm sure if you were to look at it from the front end, everything looks so glamorous. It looks like I tried everything, you know, one time and it all worked out. But actually what you're seeing is that I failed a hundred times and just got up a hundred and one times. That's all. And it's the, the simply the willingness to just keep getting up and keep going. Yeah. And eventually you're not going to fall over. And it's about doing something so much so often to such intensity that it would be unreasonable for you to actually be bad at that that's inspirational definitely that's definitely inspirational what you just said there because a lot of people when they think that they make mistakes or something goes wrong they think they just took a huge loss but to be honest it's just a learning curve isn't it yeah it's really because once you learn it you know what to do next time and what to do going forwards and that's what i really like like not everyone i know for a fact will build an amazon fba business and then be able to sell it for seven figures that's not everyone but um with this type of individual like him, if you want to know how to do that, you have to find a mentor like this person here where they can teach you that route where you can build your brand, build your business, scale it, and then sell it on and then invest into something else. But um, honestly, today has been an absolutely phenomenal show. Like speaking to you was actually a, a great thing as well because I'm telling you now the UK needs a lot more Amazon FBA coaches like you because thank you very much that's very strong but um again people if you want to get hold of him i won't even tell you where to get hold of him i'll let him do it himself where can the audience find you 
So you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, LinkedIn, absolutely <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere you can think of, you can find me. Um, my handle on most socials is at neelan.inc. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name's Neelan Mayani. My website is www.neelan-inc.io. Guys, if you want to start your business, get hold of Neelan and he will show you the ropes. He will help you from the beginning all the way to the end. But guys, thank you very much for watching today's show and make sure you tune into the next one because wow, these guests are fire. But again, thank you for coming on the show, Neil. Thank you for having me, Nye. Top man. <laughs>